Welcome back to the latest episode of Squawk Talk. Um, I'm joined here as always by Christian Salvatore and making his second episode debut here is Mike Arkin returning. Um, guys, we knew we were going to be back here um, at this time. We just didn't know if we were going to be celebrating a victory or if we were going to be kind of wrapping up what was like a great run. But uh, the Hawks just keep surprising us. I said on the last podcast, no way we win on Philadelphia again. We're going to have to like sweep the home games if we want to win the series. You know, they... They shocked me. We did not. We do it not once, but twice. We come back from 26, and then we really, you know, I felt like we were in control of the whole game seven. Um, but just an unbelievable season. So anti Atlanta for us to pull it out like that. Um, so I guess we'll talk about first the end of that series. Um, where were you guys when you saw the Kevin Herter game? <laughs> uh, somewhere that I'll never forget. I'm sitting in my living room, so uh, not exactly mm-hmm. the most place but yeah no I mean uh that's definitely got to be the headline story that uh everyone should be leading with a lot of people are going to be leading with the Philly collapse today and there's going to be a lot of talk over the next couple days and all through the offseason about it um but ultimately Kevin Herter comes out and he and he shows you know why he's a part of the core I think going into the season uh he was definitely kind of the redheaded stepchild uh, um of the group you know everybody's hyping up Cam Reddish DeAndre Hunter Trey Young John Collins for good reason they're really good players um, but Cam, but uh, Kevin Herter really came out, and man, what a time to have the best game of your career. Not just to have a great game or your best playoff game, but to straight up have the most complete game of his career in the biggest moment of it. So just shouts to Kev. I think uh, I, I couldn't have him to a better dude. I thought that was phenomenal the way he picked up his teammates, picked up Trey specifically. I hope Trey took him out to a nice dinner uh, tonight and uh, and treated him well. Yeah, if I told you uh, Trey Young was going to shoot five for 23, we were going to go one and two on the road, like last time that we were talking, I would have been like, yeah, we lose this series in six. But, uh, I mean, unbelievable. Trey, you know, he made he didn't make a lot of buckets, but he made some key ones down the stretch, particularly that huge three. But, I mean, this one was all about Kevin Herter. I think all, like, the support guys, like John Collins played a really nice game. He goes five of six from the field, has 16 boards. I mean, he kind of took over that toughness role that I think Atlanta really needed in the last few games of that series. And I think he stood up well to Joel Embiid. He played great defense, did all the little things that uh, we needed to win. But this one's all about Kevin Herter and just an unbelievable performance by him. And uh, he guy, like we said on the last one, he's making himself a lot of money, but that that just made him a ton of money right there. And uh, he gives you a little bit of hope. You can maybe have a little running. He's like a poor man's Clay Thompson or something. That's kind of <laughs> what the vision was. That was like, that was like the vision. Uh, but hey, you know, unbelievable game by him, and he's going to need to do a lot more if we're going to get by Milwaukee. Yeah, going off what you said, I mean, obviously Kevin Herter, he gets all, he should get everything. But John Collins, I mean, not just last night, but that whole series, uh, that was the definition of grit. I think that guy got elbowed in the face or the jaw every single game. He kept getting back up. He kept getting boards against guys that were bigger than him. And, you know, I was a little annoyed at the beginning of the season when he uh, declined the four-year 90 mil because he wanted to bet on himself. And, you know, right now he is making himself a lot of money because there are a lot of, a lot of other GMs looking at him and saying, like, I want that guy. Yeah, I mean, he's just making winning basketball plays. And I think he said that. Uh, did you see that, Christian, in the athletic where uh, he um, – what was it, the quote where he's just like, yeah, I'm not scoring 20, 25 points like I may have last year, but I'm, do- I'm, doing, I'm doing all the things to help us win. And I think GMs are going to kind of like – take note of that. And I definitely think they will. He's going to make himself a ton of money this offseason. And the way this is going, I mean, you have to think the Hawks are going to do everything they can to bring him back. 
Yeah, without a doubt, uh, basketball is more than just scoring points. Uh, it's more than just making flashy passes. It's more than just dunking the ball, which he's really good at the, the latter of that, of course. Uh, you know, he makes a lot of really good plays. I, I think if you go back on every win, uh, you know, he's got at least one signature moment uh, probably in each one. Uh, obviously, you got the block. You've got the the shot. Uh, you got the the two put-back dunks to bring them back in, uh, in yeah. game four. I mean, John Collins just, he does a lot of the stuff that you need to, to win a basketball game. And he's really not, uh, he's not necessarily elite at, uh, at anything outside of probably finishing and rebounding, which are two good things to, of course, be, to be good at or to be yeah. elite. But, you know, he's, uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a master of, a, of uh, or he's, he's a very well rounded player. And a lot of teams could use that player. So Hawks are going to have to pay up to keep him. And, uh, and that's fair. That's completely fair. Yeah. I definitely could see a team like Dallas making a big run at him after their whole falling out. Like, uh, but a lot of teams are going to be after him. Uh, what was I going to say? What was I going to say? Uh, Gallinari, unbelievable in the last few games of this series. Mm-hmm. Lou Williams obviously had his big game. But I think those, going back to John Collins, those two dunks that he uh, had uh, in game four were kind of like the turning point in that series. Yeah. You know, it kind of like we're down, you know, what, 13 at the time, and he comes up with two big dunks to kind of bring the energy. I was there. I mean, it was electric. and. That really changed the whole momentum of the series, I thought. They were able to come back and win that game. Obviously, game five happened, which is just ridiculous. I don't, I still don't know how to explain how that happened. But I think, you know, those two dunks kind of brought some life into this team and gave us some hope when it kind of looked bleak. Well, I think one of the dunks that we're kind of forgetting about that kind of gave us hope this whole series was the end of game one when Trey threw him that oop to kind of seal the deal in that game and give us hope that we can take on this team, we could beat this team. Yeah, I mean, he had so – I mean, you think about that series. He had a ton of highlight plays. I mean, he kind of is like a highlight reel, but he had that dunk in game one, that poster, which his swag coming out after game seven, wearing the poster of Joel Embiid on his shirt with the glasses. I mean, he looked like an absolute beast. He was rocking the part. And, hey, when you play like that, you can walk You can walk the walk, you can talk the talk, and he certainly did that. When you put one of the best players, if not the best player right now in the NBA on a poster the way he did, he absolutely rocks that shirt in the postgame, and he made a ton of money selling it today, I guarantee it. Oh, I am buying one. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Like, I am 100% buying one. That shirt is sick, and that was such a nasty play. Um, another guy I want to talk about, Onyeke Okongwu. I mean, yeah, he's not yes. scoring, but the energy that he brought off the bench at, later at the series, I think he's going to be a big part. We were talking before, you know, how do you de- defend Giannis, you know, Onyeke Okongwu is definitely an option. I mean, he brought the energy. He gets boards. He plays great defense. I mean, he had a number of big blocks in this series. And, uh, you know, it's great to see. I think he's going to be such a big piece to this team moving forward. Yeah, Chase, to go off what you said, I think the one thing I love about this kid, his basketball IQ for a rookie, I think, is top-notch. I mean, the guy knows where he's supposed to be. He knows what he shouldn't be doing. He puts himself in the best positions. There's only one play that I can remember that he was out of position. But other than that, he was like a spark plug. He came in flying high to get offensive boards, getting us second chance possessions. I mean, this kid, not only now, but for the future, he's going to be very solid for us. Yeah, I don't know exactly. I know I wrote about it, I think, after game four. But I'm pretty sure he uh, his plus minus for the series was like over 20. So, I mean, when he was out there, even if it was just limited minutes, he was giving the Hawks a ton of energy, and he changed the game a lot of the times. And, yeah, like you said, the future is very bright for this guy. Uh, and it didn't look that – like, it's kind of surprising to say after the way his season started with the injury and everything, and then he wasn't getting a lot of playing time. But he's really blossomed, and he's shown why he was the sixth overall pick. 
Yeah, without a doubt. Uh, you know, I think the plus minus, he, he definitely played a great series. I, I would say a lot of that's probably uh, has to do with Dwight Howard uh, fully regressing into into old man Dwight in this series. <laughs> um, uh, but a Kongu man, he came out and he, he did all the things that he needed to do. I thought one of the one of the best possessions that he had in the series he got switched out in Tobias Harris. Uh, and uh, he did a pretty good job guarding him. Anytime you can have your, your your five, anytime you can have your center, get out there on the wing and take their their best wing scorer. Uh, you know, really, really put him to work and, and make him work for a bucket and ultimately not score on the possession. That kind of shows how special of a player Yeka can be. He did a good job of not biting on Joel's pump fakes, not letting him get to the lane the way he wanted to. And overall, man, uh, you could not be more impressed with a rookie center. Yeah, and um, I'm, I'm pumped for the whole team. Uh, I really just hope Bogey can get healthy. Um, it sucks not having DeAndre out there. The Hawks, you could tell, definitely missed him in this series, even though they were able to win. And I think it's going to be tough, even tougher, not having him out there against the Bucks. Yeah. Um, I guess closing thoughts on this series. I'm not going to give the Sixers too much, you know, grief. You know, poor guys. They're 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 going through it this or this morning. I guess this night, whatever. The next day after. Um, but uh, I told you so on Ben Simmons, guys. The guy's a <laughs> the guy's an absolute trash can. He's a walking trash can. Y'all all want him gone now. Before the series, you were you were defending the hell out of him. Now I don't think you could find a guy in Philly that could defend that man. Um, Seth Curry, what an absolute baller. Jesus mm-hmm. Christ, that guy was annoying all series long. Uh, Joel Embiid, credit to that guy. He's the biggest whiner in the NBA. I never want to hear a Phillies fan ever say a thing about Trey Young flopping. I mean, Joel Embiid's a 300-pound man just flopping around the, like a fish out there. Um, and I, But absolute beast, absolute superstar. Maybe, like you said, the best player in the NBA right now. But uh, it's an unbelievable series. I'm excited to talk about this Eastern Conference Finals. I, I know people are already writing us off, but they wrote us off before the next series. They wrote us off before this 76ers series. And I was talking about Christian today. Like, I don't really see – I think it's a very similar kind of matchup. You're playing another long team that's very defensive, uh, kind of can go through lulls offensively, um, not as deep as the Hawks. And I think they have just as good a chance of beating, you know, the Bucks as they do the 76ers. Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, when you look at the matchup, uh, I think if, if you were to ask Hawks fans, if you were to ask maybe even the Hawks in general, if you'd rather run it back with Philly for seven games or play Milwaukee, uh, I, th- I think you would take Milwaukee. Um, I know you got out of that Sixers series alive and uh, and you did beat them, but I think that the Bucks do present a, a slightly more favorable matchup right now. Um, you know, Giannis, of course, is a completely different animal. Uh, you know, he, he's still – you know, a monster. He's two-time MVP. He's uh, he's gonna he's gonna give you a lot of problems, but he's he's he might be a little more manageable for the Hawks than Joel Embiid was. That version of Joel Embiid is out of control. Uh, there there's nothing anybody can do in the NBA to stop him. I do believe that Giannis is gonna be a little bit easier to deal with than Joel was, and that ultimately is gonna give me more confidence uh, for the Hawks than I did in the last one. Yeah, I firmly believe that. I don't know about you, Mike. Uh, I I love Giannis. I think he's a great player, yeah. two-time MVP. But I do think offensively, you know, you can – if you have a good coach like the Hawks do and Nate McMillan, you can come up with game plans where you can, you know, clog up the paint and make things difficult for him because he can't shoot. Uh, you know, Joel, uh, he can shoot from everywhere. I mean, he's just unbelievable. I definitely think Joel's a better player than, than Giannis is. Like, he's going to be – he was harder to deal with than I think Giannis will be. Uh, I do think there's secondary options. You know, Middleton, he can Without. get hot and cold. Drew Holiday is a beast, but he had a really tough series uh, against Brooklyn. Uh, Brook Lopez like has just you know transformed his game to fit the modern NBA. I, uh, he's kind of annoying. Brent Forbes could shoot it, but the depth on this team. I was laughing because I was reading predictions articles today, just you know, just to piss myself off, I guess, because you know no one's going to pick the Hawks. But uh, 
But um, someone said like, yeah, the Bucks are the deeper team. And, I, and I'm like, the, what the hell did you just say? Like, have you watched the NBA this year? The Bucks played six men in their game seven. They, they played eight technically, but two only got five minutes. One got one minute and one got five minutes. So they essentially played a six-man rotation. That's how not deep this team is. Now, do they have three legitimate, you know, all-star caliber players? Yes. But this is not a deep team, and the Hawks definitely should be able to take advantage of that, especially if they can lengthen this series and go six, seven games. I mean, they're coming off, you know, an overtime seven-game uh, series with, a, with the Brooklyn Nets. And, you know, that depth, I think, you know, will come out more if this series gets deeper. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I think uh, for their game seven, Giannis and Chris Middleton both played 50-plus minutes. I mean, I think the Atlanta Hawks, especially obviously with DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish, are the deepest team in the NBA. Uh, right now, obviously, we don't have them. Hopefully, we get Reddish back in some sort of capacity. But – yeah, man. I mean, they're, I look at this team as a three-headed monster with Giannis, Chris, and Drew Holiday. Brooke Lopez is right behind them. But, you know, if, if we can, like, limit those those top three guys, they don't really have a lot of depth besides, I don't know, Pat, Cun Pat Cunningham. Uh, P.J. Tucker's not going to give you really offensive – any offensive – what uh, anything in his offensive arsenal. But, yeah, I mean, Giannis, I will say, I know you two are a little – hesitant about him i do think he does present a pretty good matchup against us um you know especially with i think john collins will come on him and big o will come on him uh second but i think Giannis is better than um better than y'all think to be honest well i mean like i don't like i think he's great i just i i do struggle like like giving people like their championship props like I think, you know, guys like Joel Embiid, like he's like a championship guy, like player, like he can win it by himself because he's so like multifaceted and he can shoot the ball and he can dominate the paint. I just think for Giannis to get there and uh, I mean, he, I guess he's technically there, but when you can't shoot, it makes things a lot yeah. easier defensively, you know, and he cannot shoot. I agree. And uh, so that's kind of where that's, I just think, you know, you got Collins, you got Onyeka, you got Capella, you know, those guys can defend the, defend the paint uh, pretty well. So. I'm just hoping, you know, McMillan can come up with a strategy and it'll be easier to deal with. I think he's going to have a great yeah. series. I mean, I'm sure he'll average 30 a game, like, but right. I just think he can make things difficult. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if he'll have a Joel Embiid series, but yeah. he is, like you said. Because <laughs> yeah. Joel, he's great. Going crazy. You know, yeah, you know, one of the things with the with the, with the the Bucks that's interesting is Capella, Collins, Okongwu, all three of those guys, you know, have different ways that they can bother Giannis. I, I do think uh, when all said and done, I, feel, I would still feel most comfortable with Capella. Um, and, and that just has to do with, with just his pure length, and that's going to bother Giannis the most. Giannis is going to get his, and he's going to get past Capella a few times, but I still feel most comfortable with him. That does leave a Brooke Lopez problem, of course. Uh, but that is yeah. where Gallinari, I think, comes into play. Gallo has looked good against big, lumbering centers, and Brooke Lopez moves okay, but he's not going to post up uh, Gallo and give him a problem. No. Uh, so I do think that the Hawks, again, uh, that's why I'm saying this about Philly and, and, and against Milwaukee in the matchup. I think the Hawks do propose some some pretty interesting matchup issues for Philly. I think you could see a, a lot of, or for Philly, <laughs> for Milwaukee. I think uh, I think you could see the Hawks, though. Also, they can really build that wall and make things difficult, make them pass it out, and you make guys like Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday beat you. And they can. Uh, don't get me wrong. Chris Middleton's a hell of a player, and he showed it in the last series. That dude is their best perimeter scorer. And Drew Holiday's been known to show up in big moments. But uh, but ultimately, I think that the Hawks can do a lot in transition with their length. I think they can do a lot with their uh, with their depth defensively. Um, you know, obviously not having DeAndre Hunter hurts, but 
we could talk about him for hours if we wanted to. There's no reason to get into him too much. They yeah. got the guys that are going to be out there. So we'll see what happens. Again, I like Capella. I like Collins, and I like Okongwu, um, you know, getting up on Giannis. It really is kind of incredible how the Hawks have transformed during these playoffs and become a very good defensive team. I mean, they've gotten better throughout the whole year, but they've, they've really turned it up a notch in these playoffs. And I think we were talking about it before our earlier, Christian. Uh, this this series, if the Hawks are going to win, it's not going to be about how can they, they'll be able to slow down the, the Bucks, like we said. I think there's no doubt in my mind that. But it's going to be can we score against the Bucks because this is another long ass team, great defensive team that we're playing. It's basically you know just like Philly was, just like New York on the defensive end. It's going to be tough to get buckets. And if you're down DeAndre Hunter and maybe Bogdan Bogdanovich, you know hopefully his knee like starts to get better. But uh, it's going to be tough to get buckets against this squad. Oh yeah, without a doubt. I think that's where my main concerns are going to come. I think the the Bucks offense uh, does a good job of stopping itself at times. Uh, Drew Holiday and even Chris Middleton will sometimes get obsessed with uh, with hunting matchups, and ultimately they end up taking some bad shots. Uh, but honestly, I mean, the Bucks are going to be the best defensive team uh, that the Hawks have played. They played the Knicks, they played the Sixers, and those teams played great defense. But it's a whole lot different animal when you have Drew Holiday, PJ Tucker, Giannis. They don't have a weak defender out there. And, uh, and the Bucks are going to give the Hawks problems, man. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see who steps up. Yeah, I mean, Holiday, like, he's a, one of the best two-way players. He's, I'm, I'm sure he's going to get the matchup with Trey Young. P.J. Tucker, <laughs> fantastic defender. You know, Middleton's a long, lanky defender. Giannis is a defensive player of the year. So, I mean, you're talking about easily the best defensive team the Hawks are going to play. And it's a team that's given the Hawks a lot of fits. I mean, we're, we went one and two this year. I think we lost all our matchups last year. I think Giannis versus Trey Young is like 5-0. and oh when yeah. they're both on the floor. Uh, we won this year without him. It was that Lou Williams crazy comeback game. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I mean, there's I don't put too much weight into regular season games because there's just so much stuff going on during the season. But uh, he's definitely had our number, Giannis has, and uh, this it's a tough matchup. Yeah, but I want to go back to the Hawks real quick. I don't think we've really mentioned his name too much, but uh, – that guy named Trey Young, he presents a ton of matchup problems. And I think, obviously, Drew Holiday and uh, possibly P.J. Tucker will get him. And, you know, Trey's going to – you can't stop Trey Young. It's about limiting what he can do. But, you know, I really hope Bogdanovich's knee um, it can heal because we will need him. We will need him to be hitting corner threes. But um, I do think – Mike Budenholzer will have a ton of problems with Trey Young coming up. And it's a revenge. Uh, it's a little revenge. Hawks versus I mean, Bud. I would love to send Bud packing after he, the way he went out, even though I don't really blame him for not wanting to go through a whole rebuild. But it still right. would be just really ironic to send him packing um, after talking about rebuilding. And that might lead to him, his dismissal. I know they said that he's off the hot seat after he beat Brooklyn, but I think that's kind of with them assuming that they're going to get past the Hawks. That's and go exactly right. That's so exactly right. Hawks, yeah, I think that changes real quick. So I don't really buy that he's off the off the hot seat, especially if he gets out coached by Nate McMillan, which I think is definitely a possibility. Nate's uh, been a great coach for the Hawks. Um, I guess, yeah, you talk about Trey Young. You can't, you can't, you can't slow that man down, or you can't stop that man. I don't really think PJ Tucker has the kind of foot speed to guard him. I think, I think it's got to be Drew Holiday. Mm -hmm. um, that's really, I mean, could you see Tucker? I can't really see Tucker on him. No, I mean, I think that they're going to try anything. If, if if Trey's giving Drew the works, then I'm sure we'll see stints where Tucker might get switched out, might yeah. go on. I, I don't, don't see if that's a good matchup. That's I agree. Exactly. 
I agree. I don't think he has a foot speed. I think he could guard. He had a better shot with KD. KD's going to jump up and like shoot over him. Trey will get past him when I anytime see, he wants. I, I see Tucker on Collins probably. I think that's what I would see. That'd probably be reasonable, especially if Bogdanovich, uh, you know, especially if he's not going. And, you know, you'll see a lot of Tucker on Gallo. The Hawks probably won't get near as many Gallo post-ups as they did in the last series um, for that exact reason. But, uh, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, Middleton's going to go out there. He's definitely going to be guarding Herter. If Bogdanovich is healthy, I guess he'll go on him. You'll throw Tucker up. It, it's going to be a lot. A lot of this has been – it seems like every series, the, the main thing that we're discussing is – well, you know, a lot of it comes down to the health of X guy. <laughs> but, you know, it does. I mean, health is big at, at this stage in the playoffs. We're seeing it with every team. They're banged up. But, yeah, man, if Bogey can go, if he can at least go, you know, it's one thing to be healthy. It's another thing to be healthy enough to go. Because if Bogey can go, he's going to draw that matchup and it's going to open up that stuff for Kevin Herter, just like we saw yesterday. So, uh, hopefully he's at least good enough to suit up and uh, and play the play the Julio decoy decoy role back when, uh, not to bring up a sore subject for everybody out there, but uh-huh. <laughs> when he'd have the foot injury, he'd play the whole game, but he'd have two catches yeah. and they'd still double yeah. team him. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this, this whole, all these playoffs have been crazy with injuries and the Hawks have been cursed just as much as anyone. Um, but you can't really blame. You just got to keep on fighting. I do think we're going to need bogey like to be, playing like he was before, you know, he kind of got injured and we want yeah. any chance to win this series. Uh, obviously Kevin Herter is going to be probably if, if Bogey can't do it, I mean, Kevin Herter is probably option number two at this point. Wouldn't you say like offensively? Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, Collins, I mean, he's going to do the dirty work. Uh, Capella has kind of been these playoffs. Would you say underwhelming? I, I just like, I guess maybe it's just because he's playing like Joel Embiid, so he could make anyone look like a little kid out there. But I was, I was a little disappointed with how like his overall production in the series against the Sixers. Yeah, I, I thought he could have done more. Uh, you know, again, like you mentioned, it's 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 Joel Embiid. Like, uh, I mean, there's not many guys out there that would have that would have looked much better. I do think that Brook Lopez, while he is a very good player, I think that might be the one position where uh, you know the Hawks can can really look at some uh, some mismatches, some some stuff. I don't think you want Capella playing post up, but with 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 Brook Lopez out there on the court, they're going to be forced to play drop coverage and pick and roll, and Trey Young can attack that. Throw that lob yeah. to Clint Capella, let him get downhill. I think that is the one place that this is this is Capella's series. This is where Clint Capella can really put his stamp on this Hawks postseason and, and be the next guy to step up like we've seen so far. Does anyone run the pick and roll better than Trey Young and that lob? No, like that, imagine, lob, that that lob floater mix is just like unstoppable. We do have I mean, to come up with a name for it. We got it. Jake mentioned it last night when we were on Spaces. By the way, guys, if you uh, if you're paying attention, if you're listening to this tomorrow, make sure you check or Wednesday. Make sure you check it out. We're definitely going to be running the Spaces. Um, but yeah, Space we got to come awesome. up with that floater lob. It's the coolest thing in the world. It's the coolest Space, thing in the world. Yeah, Spaces is electric. By the way, <laughs> I, absolutely, I absolutely love doing that. Like, number one thing, number one coolest thing in the series is the Hawks won. Number two is we discovered how cool Spaces are. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's, you're like running like your own little radio show. Like it's like you like have these like line of you have like these line of callers. Well, and, and Chase, you know, last night we had we had we had like two different people who, and this is your legacy living on. We had like two different people who waited around like ten minutes after they got off because they forgot to call at the end of the call, and they came back on just to call and then go to bed. <laughs> I love it. Dude. I've literally started a revolution. And Absolutely. I, I, I just want to hear like people in the stadium doing it, like one game, just like call. Cool, cool. <laughs> Look, Christian, I've known Chase a, for, a, I've known Chase call. for, yeah, I've known him for over a decade, and 
I mean, I think the first Hawks game we both went to, the kids like yelling, caca, caca. I'm like, what is this kid doing? And, um, you know, he started, uh, I just, I, I want some shirts. I mean, I definitely purchase a shirt if. You know. Oh, I definitely think that could be a, a good idea. Like maybe like a, a red shirt with like some, yeah, I, I like that. I like that. I like for that. anybody Ooh. listening, or any call, ideas call. for a shirt? <laughs> no, just call, call. Like it's just going to say call, call. Like, like call. Absolutely. I think I think we could sell some of those, especially with the way we, like we started it. We could sell them through stadiums too. Yeah, then after that, we could probably all get some sick backgrounds like Chase has there in the back behind his behind his camera. So that sounds yeah. perfect. Y'all buy some shirts so we can get more professional on here. This thing was kind of expensive, Loki. <laughs> <laughs> but my parents make all this stuff, so I can get it easy. Like that's how I make all the shirts. My, par- my yeah. parents run a promotional marketing company. Yeah. Anyways, but back to the series. Enough with spaces and what my parents do for a living. <laughs> back to basketball. Yeah. One thing I do want to mention about this upcoming series, he's not as bad, but you know, if it comes down to it, we could hypothetically hack Giannis and put him on the free throw line. I think he's shooting. I don't know exactly. I, I don't know if you guys know. It's fifty percent, like somewhere in that range from the free throw line. Um, you know, that's definitely an option where we did that with Ben Simmons a little bit. We could try that with Giannis, especially he's in his own head right now on the line. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. It was ridiculous watching him, like, sit there and get, like, 10-second calls at the line. And, like, it was, like, they were honestly more like 20-second calls because, like, you know they're not really, like, keeping, like, that strict of a time. But it's like, dude, like, it was taking forever. Like, there were some reactions from the Nets players where, like, dude, just shoot the ball. And there's no way that can be good, like, mentally, like, you thinking that much about the free throw. Like, there's no way that helps anything. Like, dude, just get the ball, shoot it, and, like, let's see if it goes in. Like, I think he actually kills himself, like, taking all that time. That's oh, without a doubt, he needs to catch that ball, and he might as well shoot it the second he catches it. Because all that time that he's thinking, all that's going through his head is, I got to keep my elbow tight. I got to make sure I really, really, uh, really bend the knees, get my legs into this. Like you're psyching yourself out. Throw that ball up there (laughs) and just go for it immediately. But yeah, no, I can see that coming on, especially if the Hawks start trailing and he's still on the court. I can see the the hack of Giannis coming into play. And Giannis is at 53% from the line and 19% from three. I don't even, uh, I feel like the last like two or three games, Giannis didn't take. He cleaned it up. Yeah. He stopped taking them, but he was chucking them up early in that series. I mean, taking like, eight to ten threes some games and i was like what the hell are you doing bro you can't shoot like that yeah it's it's tough to watch if i were if i were a bucks fan if i'm a bucks player and uh i think it was like game four maybe game five uh real tight game game kind of online and he's coming down and, and hitting a pull-up three with 18 seconds on the shot clock it's just not the shot that you want to look for yeah, especially I mean, like- as phenomenal as he is at driving to the lane yeah i don't even like trey young doing that half the time you know like it's sick when he makes one but like when it comes down in a late situation game, like we're down five and he chucks up a 35 footer with like 19 seconds on the shot clock. I'm like, damn it. And then he makes well, it. And I'm like, I guess I can't say anything. Yeah. And see like in Trey's case, like when he takes that shot, even when he misses, you can at least like talk yourself into like, well, he has to do that every once in a while. Cause that opens up his drives. That opens up, you know, the other shots that he gets. No one's respecting Giannis on that shot. So all he's really doing is just taking a three because he yeah, feels like he can hit it. Shots. Yeah. 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 I mean, I guess between him, like, he has the opposite problem with Ben Simmons. Like, he's just right. going to chuck him up there. Ben Simmons is I – couldn't, I couldn't believe – I know that play has been, you know, circulated around the internet where he didn't dunk that ball, where he's right underneath and he dishes it to Thibault. I mean, just – I mean, just – that's the definition of being in your own head. I mean, he couldn't – he didn't even want to go up and 
risk getting fouled by Trey Young. And he probably would have dunked it anyways and gotten an and one. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, this guy, that guy needs to see a sports psychologist and just spend literally 15 hours a day all summer shooting free throws. Yeah, I mean, even Joel Embiid called him out after the game. That's like, that's a play you can't have. And, you know, he's getting paid $30 million to not shoot the ball, just to be a defensive presence. Oh, yeah. It's going up, too. Like, it goes up to, like, 33, then 35, then 40 at the end. If he doesn't change his game up, um, he's not going to survive in Philly. I mean, it has – yeah, I mean, I don't think he plays another – uh, personally, I don't think he plays another game for Philly. I think he gets traded this offseason to someone. I think someone will trade for him, but I don't think there's going to be people lining up to trade for him, especially with that contract. But I, it gets to the point where, like, I, I, I told said this on the last podcast, I'm not a bit in Simmons fans. I don't really like him. Like, And I just think, like, does he really do anything in the offseason? Like, does he even try? Or, like, is he just this bad? Like, it, it's unfixable. Yeah, uh, it's clearly uh, it's clearly more than a mental thing. I think he obviously does have some some shooting touch issues. It's, it's not just that you know he's he's got a block from shooting. However, he also does have a block from wanting to shoot. Like you know, you look at clips from him even in college. You look at him in summer league. He was pulling up at least for mid range shots. If he would even yeah. develop like an elbow jumper, then it would change a lot of stuff that he does. But well, like. He, I went to LSU when he was there. Like, he shot a three occasionally. Yeah. Like, he wasn't, like, allergic to shooting jumpers. Like, it wasn't a great shot, but, I mean, he was the only player on the team that was worth a damn, so he could pretty much do whatever the hell he wanted. Or what he did. Uh, I, I don't know what the hell, like, when it got into his mind. But, yeah, it also, like, we've heard those rumors where he's, uh, you know, he's really right-handed and he shoots with his left hand, which is just the weirdest thing ever to me. So, I don't know, but shooting 34% from the line and, a lot of those free throws weren't even close, and it's just crazy because if he makes his free throws, Philly, we're probably talking about next season. Without a doubt. Yeah, but back to this series, n- enough shitting on Ben Simmons, even though I love doing that. <laughs> even though I love doing that. Uh, I mean, what, what, are, what, are, what are we, like, what, what's next? What, what haven't we covered? Yeah, uh, you know, one thing that, that kind of excites me, uh, excites me about this series is, is just the non-presence of this – a massive, incredible big man just clogging everything up inside. I think the Hawks are going to have, you know, as much as problem as Joel was offensively, uh, he's a problem defensively as well. Uh, Brooke Lopez can play, but again, we kind of we kind of went over it a little bit, but I, I think we can see an even more efficient from, uh, series from Trey Young offensively than what he had in the last one. And he's been phenomenal, but he's going to get his floater in this one. They're going to let him have it. If, if that shoulder's feeling fine, and if he can get that floater up, I think he's going to be able to get to it. A good bit, and we're going to see some scoring outbursts from Trey Young because Chris Middleton and Giannis and uh, and those guys are going to do a great job locking down the other players on the Hawks. Trey Young's going to have to play that pick and roll game with uh, Drew Holiday and Brook Lopez, Clint Capella, Gallinari, John Collins, and Yeka Kongwu. Those guys and Trey Young are going to be the key to this series, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean Trey Young's. Uh, I mean he's been fantastic, if, and he kind of gives you a little bit of confidence going into each series because how unbelievable he is. I know people are talking, I've been talking like, yeah, Drew Holiday is like a perfect matchup for him. And I'm just like, yeah, that's all good. But like Mike said, you know, you're only slowing down this guy. There's, right. He's going to get, he's going to get his, he's going to get his 10 plus assists. He's going to get his 20 to 30 points, probably more 30 to 40, you know, in that range. But he's going to get his, no one's going to stop him. So, I mean, yeah, Drew Holiday is a good defender, but I, he's not really going to, I wouldn't say he's, he's going to lock him down by any means. And I think, yeah, like you said, Trey's going to have a big series and he has to, because with Bogdan out with our Bogdan, you know, hobbled Deandre out, uh, the, it's going to be on his shoulders and Hey man, 
the kid's just proven to be up for it at every turn this postseason. It's been truly remarkable to watch someone so young. And I mean, dude, I love the guy. Like he, he needs a statue already. Yeah. But one thing I do like going into this series is Trey Young did not have a good game seven in retrospect, but he, he continued to make obviously the clutch shots. He made the assist. But what I liked about game seven going into this game is everybody else stepped up. When Trey was down, everybody else picked him back up. They made sure that this team wasn't going to falter. I think this team knows that Trey is the superstar. And it, there's always an ego thing about who wants to be the best. I think they all know Trey's the best. But go, like Kevin Herter, John Collins, Gallinari, Lou Williams in game five, everybody stepped up this past series. And they have a lot of confidence moving on to the Bucks in this Easter Conference Finals. Yeah, and that's where we're talking about depth. I mean, the fact that someone could say the, the Bucks are even close to as deep as the Hawks is just absolutely absurd because, you know, if you throw Bogey and DeAndre in there, they have like eight guys that could go off for 20 on any given night, whether it's Lou Williams, Gallinari. Um, and Gallinari, after kind of a rough series versus the Knicks, I thought he was huge. And he's been really good on defense too. Like he's kind of underrated. And I guess like everywhere Gallo goes, they like they, they kind of win. I mean, he's a, he's proven to be a really good like winning ball player. We're talking about winning plays like with, with John Collins. Like Gallo did a lot of those things, you know, in both series. Um, so he's been a he's been worth every penny in these playoffs, even though he wasn't fantastic. It wasn't great in the regular season, but he's been worth it in these playoffs. And without him, you know, the Hawks are probably bounced in the first round. Oh yeah, I mean the the old the old man swipe the the oh man my guy beat me, so I'm just gonna give that kind of lazy reach around yeah. trying to grab the ball. it ends up being the play of the game and, and sealing it. Yeah, uh, yeah. you can't oh, say man. enough. About Kevin Herter, man, uh, again, he's a story from yesterday. We talked about it in the beginning. But, yeah, shout out to Gallinari. That, that shot that he hit uh, there in the fourth quarter, the offense was kind of sputtering. I believe it was Kevin who kicked the ball out to him. Uh, ben Simmons yeah. had a phenomenal closeout. He still drilled the three. The Hawks hadn't scored in like three-something minutes. So, yeah, I mean, I mean Gallinari, you got to have guys step up. And, uh, and, he, and he did more than enough in the last game. And I think he'll continue to do it. I think he'll continue to do it. He looks like he's kind of found his groove. Yeah, which is huge because if that guy gets going, when he gets like in that microwave mode, uh, the Hawks are really, really, really hard to beat. I think another thing that has become really apparent to me over these playoffs is just how good some of these guys are defensively that we didn't really give credit to, I think, during the regular season. Like Kevin Herter, yeah. I mean, he's been fantastic. Bogey, you know, when he was healthy, was fantastic defensively. Gallo's played really good defense. John Collins played really good defense. I mean, as a group, as I said earlier, this team's really, you know, developed a defensive identity. I mean – I wouldn't say we're a defensive team, but we're, I mean, like that's not going to be our, you know, identity as a whole team, but you know, this is, they've really blossomed to a good defensive team. Yeah. I think Nate McMillan has instilled that defense is going to win you every game. I know all these coaches do it, but um, you know, all these defensive plays are creating these incredible offensive uh, opportunities for us. So I think McMillan has kind of instilled it in our guys' minds and, uh, I think our guys are playing inspired ball. Yeah, so let's do some. Oh, I don't. Yeah, you, you have something. I was gonna move nope. on. Just like some, like all right. So two things uh, that we've done before each series. One, let's talk. Let's give our predictions last. But let's talk about you know who's going to be that guy for Trey Young. Who's going to be his Robin in that ser- in this series? Uh, I'll I'll start off first, and I'm gonna go with the guy from last night, Kevin Herter. I mean, I think especially with Bogey down, they're really gonna be relying on Kevin um, to. Uh, for his offensive output. 
And I think he's got the ability to do it. I mean, we obviously saw him do it, but I think he can do that on a nightly basis. I think he's kind of proven that in the playoffs. Um, he's got a, a way better mid-range game than people give credit for. He's obviously can snipe it from deep. And he's and he's like a kind of explosive athletically, you know, even though he doesn't look like it. So I'm going to go with, the, you know, the hero from game seven. I think he carries that into that series, carries that confidence, carries that swagger. And I think he has a big series, especially if Bogey is uh, hobbled, you know, not 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I think that was that was pretty much going to be my pick going into it, but you sold me there, so <laughs> I'm going to stick with the same one. Uh, Kevin Herter, you know, offensively, he's going to be big. They're going to need somebody to step up. Bogdanovich is probably not healthy. I've been pretty inaccurate with my medical predictions so far in the playoffs, so I hope I'm wrong on Bogey. <laughs> I didn't think Embiid was going to play hardly at all. He came out and averaged something like 70 points a game. So, yeah. uh, but Bogdanovich doesn't look. Uh, I'm not too confident that we're going to see the same guy out there. Um, so they're going to need somebody to step up, and it's going to have to be Kevin Herter. I think Kevin. Uh, not just on offense, but on defense. He's probably most likely going to be tasked with guarding Chris Middleton. And Middleton is, is their best offensive player outside of Giannis. And he really just might straight up be their best offensive player, especially in the playoffs when it's all about getting your own shot. Chris Middleton's as good as they come. So Kevin Herter's going to have the probably the, probably the tallest task. And I think he's up to it. You couldn't have had a, a better a better, a better better game to uh, to give you confidence going into a series. So shouts to Kev and shouts to him being my X Factor in the series. I'll see if he turns out better than my last two X Factors. Yeah. yeah. And uh, unfortunately, I was going to pick up. No, I'm just kidding. I'll let you take <laughs> Kevin Herter. I'm actually going to stick with John Collins. I think John Collins is going to be absolutely more. Just, I think it'll even be more than the X Factor. I think. This guy is going to have to do everything in this series in order for the Hawks to win. And I think the most important thing is getting rebounds. Uh, the Bucks obviously are ve- have, they're, they're very they're a huge team, so the rebounding portion of this series is going to be very important. Um, and I think John's going to have to continue his gritty way that he that from last series into these Eastern Conference Finals. He's going to have to continue to uh, have that chemistry with Trey Young hitting uh, threes on the outside, uh, hopefully making uh, big plays for us, getting loose balls. Um, I think John Collins is a very important piece, and he's been part of this rebuild. And, you know, let's see what happens. Yeah. I mean, Collins' stats haven't been, you know, good or, like, eye-popping in the playoffs. Right. You know, they're solid. He's efficient. And like you said – but and he's making those winning plays. But I mean, you couldn't have given him three more difficult matchups for the type of game he plays. I mean, the the Knicks, sure. the 76ers, and the Bucks. I mean, you're talking about three teams that you know defend what John Collins does very well. So uh, that's a that I think that that's a large part of it. So yeah, I mean, I think he could be the X factor. I just don't think like it will show up on the stat sheet as much as right. like he's doing all the gritty work and making those winning plays. So we need that grit winning, yeah. So um. Unless unless there's anything you think we missed, like we can get into predictions. Let's do it. Yeah, I can't wait. Right. Uh, I want to go last. Perfect. I'll, I'll kick us it. off. I'll, I'll kick, kick us off. I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have gone over this a lot. Uh, you know, kind of kind of thinking about because obviously I had a good feeling we were going to get into this here at the end. I think uh, you know we, we mentioned it. the The Bucks do have a depth problem. Uh, the Hawks aren't, aren't exactly the deepest team, but I do think they're deeper than the Bucks. Especially if Bogdanovich can end up healing up throughout the series, which I also think is a possibility. We can see a better Bogdanovich as the series goes on, as uh, you know, as long as it's not a serious knee injury. Um, you know, ultimately, I think that the Bucks just had about as physically demanding of a series as, as you could possibly imagine. They played uh, they played their guys 48-something minutes. The Hawks obviously also had just a, a heck of a matchup where they played their guys to their extent. But I do think there was a lot more emotion 
uh, on, on the Bucks side of things and, and a lot of stuff that went into it. So I am going to predict that the Hawks take this in seven. I am going to go with the Hawks in this one. Uh, I infamously went with Philly in the last one. Obviously, my words, I was glad to. But I do think that the Hawks can can pull this one out. Uh, you know, I think seven games is what it's going to take because the Bucks are are a heck of a team. But, I, I, again, just like we talked about with Trey Young, and I think he's still the mental alpha in this series. Giannis is an incredible player. He might even have the best stat line. But give me uh, give me the guy who's, who's really proven to want to be on those big stages and give me him in a game seven. I don't think he's going to have a rough shooting night the same way he did this last time. And I think the Hawks are going to do just enough to push the Bucks to the brink. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to describe Trey Young as the mental alpha because I do think Giannis, if he can get struggling, all the pressure's on him. You know, Trey's already yeah. come out, and, and it's it's like, you know, if we're playing backs against our wall, we should be playing loose. You know, we've already accomplished, you know, obviously Trey's not going to say this, but, you know, there's no pressure on him to really do anything. Without a doubt. Except for the stuff that he puts on himself. So, uh, you know, the mental alpha, I think he's ready for this moment. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to give my prediction yet. I'm going to let Michael go first. Okay. But I, I like your pick. Let me say that. Yeah, everything Christian kind of hit the nail nail on the head. I mean, um, you know, I think going into this series, I mean, no one really expected Atlanta to be in the Eastern Conference Finals, especially after uh, the firing of Lloyd Pierce. We turned it around. Um, this what is happening is very un Atlanta like. Uh, we have a tall task ahead with Milwaukee. They have a they have a very uh, an MVP candidate. Um, but I think depth is a very important aspect in this series. I think, you know, I'd be a lot more comfortable if DeAndre Hunter and hopefully Cam Reddish will get in. Um, but who knows? And hopefully like Christian was saying, uh, Bogdanovich is, we don't know how he's going to be. We hope we get the real bogey. Um, yeah, I mean, the bogey before he was injured was so, was so good. He was their second best player. Yeah. I mean, so. But I mean, so that that kills, and but keep going, keep going, Mike. No, it kills. Um, but you know, like I was saying, we have so much confidence going into this series, um, taking the number one seed, beating them in Philadelphia in their home court. Um, but unfortunately, I I think the dream ends. I think the Bucks will win in seven. Um, they've been knocking on the door for years, and. I don't know if it's our time yet, and I'm not, and I'm not going to be surprised if we win. I do think we're just as good with the other three teams still remaining, but I think the Bucks will take it in seven. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot of like Bucks in five and a ton of Bucks in six. I think I saw one guy pick the Hawks in seven. So you got a friend, Christian. You're not the only one out there. <laughs> um, but I just look at this team compared to Philly, and I I don't see any reason why they're significantly better. I mean, they might be slightly better. Maybe they have a little more confidence or, you know, especially after that Brooklyn series, but I think, you know, man for man, uh, it's, it's a very similar series. So I don't see any reason yeah. why the Hawks, the Hawks can't give them a handful. So I don't, I think a bucks and five is almost just insulting unless bogey's injured. Unless bogey's injured. So I kind of hate doing these like half picks because like if bogey's injured, I don't think we have much of a chance, but if we do get, you know, a pretty good version of bogey, uh, I think the Hawks have a fantastic chance of winning. I think their depth is going to really show, especially if the series gets longer. And uh, we're talking about the dream end. I just don't think it's going to end. Like I, I don't want to wake up. So I, I'm going to go Hawks in six. I'm just going to I'm just going to do it. Uh, yeah. I don't know how confident I am, but I do I do think you know I, I just why not us at this point? Like why not? 
Like, why not sure. all the injuries? I feel like the path is clear as day for us to actually somehow win a championship, which you never could have imagined saying in March. But, you know, I think we might have just gotten over our biggest hurdle in Philadelphia. And the Bucks are a very good team. Whoever comes out of the West is going to be good. But, I mean, I think the Hawks, all four teams can win. And uh, at this point, I, I have no reason not to believe Trey Young can't come through with some more magic. No, there's there's no reason to doubt the kid. There's no reason to doubt number eleven. And I think that that's what ultimately led me to to the Hawks pick. Um, you know, he proved a lot in the Knicks series. He he proved double that in the Philly series. So, yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the dude on the uh, on just about the hottest streak in the NBA when it comes to just consistent play night in and night out. And uh, I think Trey comes out and, and shows why he why he got why he got snubbed from the All NBA and the All Star, uh, which won't happen again, regardless is, of the series result. That's not gonna so happen again. Absolutely insane that he was not an All Star this year. And I, I think mean, it's like, helped their run. I know it sounds crazy, yeah. but I think it's helped their run. No, I Trey Young seems Trey Young seems like one of the pettiest guys alive. He's not going to go out and say everything, but I feel like he remembers every little detail. Like oh, his, no, he does. If you follow his father on uh, Twitter, he remembers well, he, every little thing. He's made that clear though. Like I mean, he he. I think Trey tweeted something today. He said, "Always remember, like always yeah, remember what they said." He tweeted that like today, uh, and he tweets yeah. that kind of stuff all the time. And I I one of the interviews from like a season or two seasons ago, maybe it was his rookie year. I don't know what uh, he was right there. I was right there holding up. I think there's a picture of me holding up the phone to his face and he's just sitting there saying some Kobe ass shit. I mean, he's like, he's like, Oh yeah. Like I have like a, like a mural almost like of everything that everybody said about me, everything they said I can't do. And I mean, he's, he is a psychopath in the head. I said that in spaces after game five, but he really is like a crazy ass dude when it comes to that stuff. And he remembers all of it. I mean, he, he wrote on his shoes, those Peachtree shoes, like always remember what they said about you or something like that. That's on yeah. his shoes, like on his signature shoes. So the guy is definitely remembering everything and man, he's lived up to it. And it's just been fun as hell to watch. And it's going to be sad when it's over. Even if we win it all, I'll be sad because I just love watching this team. I think the whole city's kind of fell in love with them. I mean, it's crazy, and it's nice to see. Uh, it kind of reminds you of that Falcons run when just, like, everyone was on board. Uh, the Hawks yeah. games, are, yeah, you know, people were excited for yesterday. Even though it was a game seven on the road, uh, I think a lot of people probably thought we were going to lose. Like, they pull it out. It did, they just keep pulling out magic trick after magic trick. And, like, I think game seven really gave me confidence because not only did they win that game, like, they controlled it. I thought from the opening tip, they really were in control from the game. Trey played terrible. Other guys stepped up. I mean, they, they just they, – they got a good chemistry thing going, and sometimes, like, that's good enough to get you past a team that's a little more talented. You summed it up perfectly. Yeah. Well, I guess that wraps <laughs> it up. I guess that wraps up for the last uh, – for this episode Absolutely. of Talk. Um, we'll be back, I guess, probably after game two next week. Right? Because is it Friday or is it mm-hmm. Sunday? It'll be after game three. Friday's game two. Sunday's game Wednesday. three. Yeah. So we'll be back after game three, and hopefully the Hawks are up 2 1. Uh, I'll probably be in the building. I've been at all three, and we've lost two. So maybe I shouldn't go. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's get out there, bring the positive vibes. Let's get some calls going on in the stands, oh, man. I will, I will yeah. get a call chant. I'm going to get a call chant. I'm going to like have like a spaces, like, like a pregame meeting before that game, and I'm going to try to get us to start a call chant in State Farm. How great would that be? Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm here for. All right, well, let's go and let's go, Hawks. What an amazing series that was. And that wraps this up, this episode up.